Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday. Uh, folks, it's December the 1st and we're uh, 24 days away from Christmas. Not sure about the shopping days, but... Uh, Pretty sure, probably 24 days, 23 days, maybe. Well, 24 if you count today because, you know, it's sure. early today. Yeah, it's 8 o'clock. They haven't got out yet uh, there. But uh, interesting, a lot of things to talk about. we got a special guest on later on, uh, hopefully in the first segment sometimes. Hopefully he'll call in then and we'll t- speak with him. But in the meantime, I, I saw where uh, – I watched a little bit of the Pelicans game last night. I, I was curious, and of all things, they went off last night against Toronto – which is a pretty good team, uh, the Raptors. And uh, it was a Zion Williams show last night. He's, he had 33 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. And at one time, they were literally blowing out the Raptors. I mean, uh, they were up by 30-plus uh, uh, midway through the, um, I want to say the second quarter, the halftime score uh, was 73-47. to 47. Then they built it up into the 30s. Uh, the difference, and the Raptors made a run at them uh, into the fo- early into the fourth quarter and cut it back down to about 12, 10 or 12, and then uh, they pulled away again. One thing I, I'm impressed with the uh, Pelicans is the depth that the Pelicans – they had two of their starters out last night, and they beat a pretty good team by, uh, what's 24 points or 20 um, – Ingram was still out. Ingram was still yeah. out, and so was another player I'm trying to recall – but uh, Zion Williams went off last night, and uh, you can see the player he can be uh, with the uh, Pelicans if he can stay healthy. So uh, we're hopefully um, we can see that uh, they could take a lot of thunder away from the uh, Saints uh, since uh, people support winners and go f- and go s- watch winners. And uh, right now, the the Pelicans impressed me last night with. Uh, they, of course, they shot phenomenal, too, uh, that you come into play. You're not going to shoot like that every night. But uh, they played well. They hit the boards. Uh, pretty impressive. Played good defense. And they could almost play two teams. That's how much depth they have uh, and can wear people out, possibly. But in the meantime, uh, I also saw sad news, too, that uh, ex-LSU uh, uh, coach and uh, former Nebraska quarterback, Mickey Josephs, run into a little trouble up in Nebraska. And... He was the interim coach after they let go uh, Scott Frost. Yeah, Scott Frost, the former quarterback up at Nebraska. And, of course, they've hired Matt Rule, who was the uh, former Panther coach, also uh, coached at uh, at Temple. And um, Baylor is where he Yeah, Baylor his made damage. his – yeah, he did. And uh, I see where Joseph uh, basically uh, – and he was hitting on a lot of kids here in Louisiana, too, uh, trying to uh, talk them into – committing and going to the University of Nebraska as he was the interim coach and doing... Hitting uh, may not have been the best word. The, true, uh, <laughs> you're right about that. But uh, trying to uh, secure pledges from kids in this area and all. So uh, not sure if that might be our special guest or not, but uh, let's see. But, and, and just to finish that up, though, uh, apparently some sort of a domestic assault. That's uh, correct. Is, is and uh, my, he's, he was arrested and put in jail. I don't know if he's been bonded. I'm sure he has, but... Anyway, in the meantime, let's go to the phones and say, hello, you're in the air. Um, I don't know if it's a special guest. It's a guest, and I definitely haven't been accused of any domestic assault. <laughs> good, good to hear. Maybe verbal. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Coach, good to hear from you again. Talking to Brent Indest, head football coach at Lakeshore, former host of this here radio show. How you been, sir? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. I hope you all are well as well. And uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. 
I'll sure. end up to you. Sure. And, Coach, uh, you know, uh, I guess the purpose of having you call in today, since uh, you began the show back in February of, what, uh, 2021, and uh, we'd like to know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, how are things going in your first year up there and uh, the transition? You know, I know it was a hasty move, uh, with you, your family, uh, and uh, to settle in uh, over in uh, the Mandeville-Covington area and then meet your new team uh, and get acquainted. And then uh, had a pretty good year, too. Uh, didn't end the way you wanted it, but uh, had a pretty good year, by the way. Go ahead. Well, well, like we always say in, in sports, there's very few teams that the year ends the way you want it. I've actually had one year out of 30 that, that ended like I wanted. So, so um, you know, that, that, you know, that goes without saying, but it, it's, it's just been, uh, it's been a blessing, just everything from the start. The administration here, uh, Miss April Jarrell, Principal Jarrell, she's, she, she was everything from a travel agent for me, um, you know, to a, uh, to a, a lodging place for me you know i stay i stayed at her 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 husband joe's house for a week uh during the transition um you know and just just everything you know she checked every box and uh it it was definitely a uh i have to say i'll use the word difficult transition in the fact that coming in so late uh really you know i've never come into a new situation where, where it wasn't in January, and we're able to install a new offense, defense, special teams, and all that stuff, you know, during spring. Whereas, we, we, you know, you try to do it during the summer, but you really can't because you're never going to have all your kids there during the summer due to vacation, camps, whatever. So literally uh, installed a system the first week of August, um, probably had the worst performance of any team I've ever coached uh, in week one against Fontainebleau, I mean, I got no problem admitting we lost to a team that went one and nine um, to a pretty now big, you know, five A football team, a good, you know, a team that, that that played some close games since other five A schools, but still, we lost to a team that we never should have lost to, and uh, you know, couldn't hold on to the ball, and uh, but kind of righted the ship after that, and you know, ran the table in district, went eight and two. Uh, ran, ran against a buzzsaw of a St. Stanis, Stanislaus team. They, well, they gave us problems. But, uh, you know, after that, when we, we got on a, I think we got on an eight-game win streak after that and ended up losing the quarterfinals to Lutcher, um, you know, a seasoned team. So, but, but very proud of the guys, proud of my staff. Uh, I was very fortunate to be able to bring in three really strong coaches. Um, two of them from the, I actually all of them from the Lafayette area. One of them was, was Alex Voris, a St. Thomas Moore graduate. He, he was, most recently in the Baton Rouge area at Walker High, and I was able to bring in Hunter Bovelin, who uh, actually was going to be at Nish as the offensive coordinator, and uh, and Stephen Lotif's son, um, Daniel, to bring him in as a defensive coordinator. He was actually going to be at Abbeville High. So um, got those guys in, and, and everything just went extremely well. You know, I, I remember you were excited about that St. Stanislaus trip uh, into Biloxi. Did it? Live up to the expectations, other than the outcome. Yeah, you know, it, it's in Bay St. Louis, a little short of Biloxi. Oh, thank you. Uh, very, the facility is uh, is not real nice to uh, you know. Um, to be honest, it, it, it was it you know, um, it was interesting. They they had they had four starters from Europe, okay, and every one of those guys was six five or above. Um, they had a German tight end, uh, first name Franz, <laughs> the, um, that 
that threw us around like a rag doll. I mean, it was uh, and 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 again, just not knowing the culture of what goes on over there, everything. And they just, you know, of course, it's a boarding school, and uh, it's interesting the cats that they bring in there because you know boarding school. Yeah, there's a lot of kids when they're young, their parents threaten to send them to St. Stanislaus. Um, <laughs> I know a few that went there from here. <laughs> we, we we faced we faced a few of those kids, those wayward type kids. One of them that one of the most vicious blows I've ever seen in a football game. Um, we threw an interception late, and one of their college prospects spun around and not only like to decapitate my offensive tackle, which he ended up not playing for another six weeks but literally stood on top of him and taunted him after he did it. Um, it, it was um, – and these Mississippi officials were uh, – uh, you know, they, they were just Mississippi officials. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. All right. And uh, so it was, it was a very, very interesting uh, affair over there. They got on us quick, and, and uh, it, it wasn't much of a game. I, I, t- I take it – we were actually winning 17-14 in the middle of the second quarter, and then um, they, they really just got after us after that. But – uh, but it was different. First time, you know, there's not many things you can say you do a first in your 30th year of coaching. But, uh, you know, that's the first time I coached out of state. So that, that that was different. But really, when you think about it, we went to Washington Marion, I believe, the week before or the week after. And that's twice the trip that it is for us to Bay St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just a pretty much get on uh, I-10, huh, to head to Bay St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, hop on 12 and get on a t- yeah. 12, and, yeah, and, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I, I want to say we were there in 50 minutes. Wow. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, so it, it was uh, it was interesting. Anyway, Coach, uh, with uh, your team, you know, we followed you a little bit. Uh, we'd we'd uh, keep uh, see score stream and uh, follow you a little bit. And uh, I know you kept the uh, school's record intact and not losing a district game for, what, now five years in a row? Is that right? I believe so. Oh, yes, yes. You know, and then we saw you had the trouble with Fontainebleau. Uh, wasn't sure what type of team they were because they were a 5A team. And uh, when I saw that you took away, uh, beat Chalmette the way you did, and uh, 35-0 I think was the score that you beat Chalmette. And I always thought Chalmette had a pretty good team, even though they're still rebuilding from Katrina over in St. Bernard Parish. Uh, oh, no, they're not. Believe me, okay. they're not. Okay. That, 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 that school is the Taj Mahal. If you would go over there and see what they've got over there. You know, I've, I've got two good friends that coach there. Okay. And it is a sight to behold um, what they have um, now at Chalmette High School. Now, um, the, you know, I, it was funny because after the Chalmette game, I told one of the reporters, I said that the irony of this is that Chalmette, um, Chalmette would beat Fontainebleau by three touchdowns. Oh, I mean, wow. that, that's how poorly we played the week before against Fontainebleau. Um, because Chalmette, again, was they were not world beater. They weren't a world beater, but they, I think they went 6-4. and four, uh-huh. um, Ended up losing to West Monroe in the playoffs. You know, Chalmette was a solid 5A football team. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, we just it's amazing what you can do. Our mantra all year long was hold on to the ball and don't give up the big play. And when we did that, we won games. Um, and when we didn't, that, that was the three games that we lost. Now, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the, you know the Lutcher game, we were just we were just outmatched. Um, I, I didn't I didn't have one kid, one starter on my team this year that ran under four nine in the forty when when I timed him this summer. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, we we, we just uh, we, we we lacked speed in a big big way, 
and it just makes it tough because, um, you know, it, it, you can't score from distance. Um, the, the times we did score in distance, it was always in the passing game. We, we rarely scored from distance in the running game because we just couldn't run away from people. Uh, well, Coach, I'm just going through your schedule here. Uh, it looked like your toughest district game was against Franklinton, and that was a way you, you won the game they have here posted, 21-18. to 18. Uh, And Franklinton usually has some pretty good teams. Uh, now the A – H H. What school is that in? Uh, that's Hannon. Okay. That's Hannon. Oh, okay. Hannon High, Archbishop. That's correct. Okay. Oh, and they were in your district, also. Uh, is that correct? Along with Pearl correct. River, uh, Laranger, Laranger. Well, that's yeah. a non-district game. Salmon. No, these are early. No, no. Laranger was district. Okay. Laranger was district. That, just to let you know, so that this district completely was turned upside down. So you had Laranger and Hannon added to the district, so that was two new teams. Well, then Pearl River, Lakeshore, of course, here, along with uh, Franklinton, all had brand-new coaches. Okay. Um, Pearl River brought in a gentleman by the name of Eric Collins, who's got 210 wins under his belt. Left, He actually got – Katrina ran him out of Chalmette mm-hmm. in 2005, and he ended up in North Mississippi – and had been there ever since, you know, winning 100 plus games during that time. And he's a, he's a legendary coach um, who's at Pearl River now, and they got exponentially better. And Franklinton, who's always been a hotbed of talent right yes. there off off of I 55 in Washington Parish, uh, when Shane Smith coached him, you know, he was spitting out guys to LSU every year, the the Taylor guys and and all of them, and and winning state championships. Well, he went out and found uh, Guy LaCompte. Guy LaCompte. Um, during my, it was around my time at Karen Crow. He led Mandeville three out of four years to the state semifinals in five A. Okay. Um, eventually went to Holy Cross. A uh, tough place to win there, Holy Cross. Holy Cross has three A numbers, and they try to play five A ball. Right. Um, but uh, and then and then had a short stint at Country Day. So guys at Franklinton. So um, the uh, the the coaching meter really rose in this district. Um, and, and I'm not I'm not including myself in that. I'm talking about with with uh, Pearl River, uh, with the addition of Collins. You're talking about two possible future Hall of Fame coaches that, that were added to this district. Okay, um, it, it, and that's not counting. I'm not talking about me. So um, it, it's it, it's going to be interesting moving forward. Um, you, you're just not going to go out. I think in the past in this district you could go out and just out coach people. Um, and that's that's not going to happen any longer. You, you're you're going to have to show up and, and be ready for a war. And, it, and I'll tell you, Salmon, the Salmon game was actually just about as close as the uh, as the Franklin game. Salmonton is just loaded with athletes, well coached. They had a 200, 235-pound tailback. Oh, wow. Um, it, it was just a beast of a player. Salmon ended up, so they played in the five. You know, this was screwed up, the whole playoff. Oh, yeah, field, you know, the way they, I, I say screwed up. I, I, I don't know how, you know, how I, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. But. They ended up playing on the on the top end of that, and uh, they played North Shore, who was a you know a heck of a five A team, and only lost twenty one fourteen in the first round of the playoffs. If Salmon would have been in our league, they'd have made a run in the playoffs. And Franklinton, who we beat, who was so close, they darn near uh, beat Cecilia in the first round. Yeah, that's right. I did see that score. Yeah, you're correct. Well, Coach, you know, you finished 8-2 uh, in the regular season, then you take off in the playoffs. You take on, is it Albany or Albany in your first Albany. playoff game? Yeah, and you beat them 27-8. Uh, 
Then you head to uh, back to Cajun country. You head to Opelousas, take on the Tigers in that game. <laughs> Didn't you score, I mean, in the last few seconds of the game to win that game, like 35-34? Well, not quite. We made a stop, but it was, I tell you, you know, Tony, and it, it was one of those games that, that if, you know, when you're done, you just want to get the heck, heck out oh, of it. Oh, I understand, yeah. If we play those, if we play those folks a hundred times, they, they beat us 95. Um, they were so big, so strong. And look, what, what's changed, and, you know, I don't mind saying it, the only thing that, that has been the difference in Opelousas all these years, it's never been talent. They've just, they've just never had a good coach since Larry Dotry. Um, it's just been a hodgepodge of guys moving in and out. And, and I, I hate it that I can't remember the young man's name, but, but this big burly fella, a former Grambling player, Opelousas graduate, uh, he heads back over there. You know, the first year he took his lumps, you know, went one and nine last year, I believe went seven and three, six and four. Well, to, to, to mention, um, to dig- digress a second, Phil Striva, okay, you know, good friend, right. friend of, you know, I think we all know Phil very well. Man. Phil actually coached at, at Opelousas Middle three years ago, or two or three years ago. Oh, he, wow. uh, he was between I forgot jobs. Forgot about that. Forgot about that. Yes. And he called me one day and he said, Brent, you would not believe what our eighth grade football team looks like. He said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, well, those cats are sophomores now. I mean, they've got a, they've got a cat that looks like Adrian Peterson at tailback. They've got, they've got three or four linemen that are, that are all in the 6'4 to 6'7 range, you know, 280 to 320. Wow. And they play hard. And they don't just sit there in the shotgun and pitch it around. Um, they, 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 they get in loaded backfields, you know, with, with – uh, Extra offensive linemen and just bang at you. And when you load up the box, they've got a, a quarterback and receiver out there that they'll just pick you apart. And uh, we, you know, we just went into the game and 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 we. And, and the other thing is, we just knew we couldn't run on them. Uh, and and when the wing tee, when you just go into a game and know you can't run, but we just kind of figured it out. We threw four touchdown passes. Uh, we got behind them a few times. And uh, but with to give you the the quick synopsis with. Six minutes left, we were down 14. We scored We scored with close to five minutes. Yeah, we scored with five minutes left. Kicked an onside kick, got it. Scored with three and a half minutes left. Went for two to, to go ahead. We had a little play that we had been working on for about a month, it was, uh, and, and it, it, it worked to perfection. So we go up 35-34. Well, they drive down, and we ended up stopping them on downs um, uh on the twelve yard line, uh, as time expired, maybe that's but what it, it I was, was thinking. It was of. a heck of a it was a heck of a win. Of course, the next game uh, you journey to uh, Bulldog territory up along the river, and uh, I well, they heard, came to us actually. Oh, they did. Uh, anyway, they uh, I, I kept hearing reports. Of course, if uh, you would have beaten them, you'd have come back down here to play St. Martinville, or would have St. Martinville gone to? Uh, oh no, no, St. Martinville had lost to them earlier in the week. Yeah, uh, what earlier, I'm just saying, if they uh, had beaten Lutcher, then you would have possibly played oh, yeah. another. Uh, uh, yes, I would. Yes, we, team. And honestly, I was pulling for St. Martinville because Lutcher was a team we just couldn't. And and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not I'm not sure if we could have St. Martinville would have been a much better matchup for us. Okay, uh, Lutcher just. Uh, but you know, both of those guys, so much speed. Lutcher's got a quarterback. Yeah, they, I think he's uh, thrown and ran for thirty touchdowns each or something in that vicinity. Yeah, and then I, yeah, I, and and he 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 padded a four or five against us. Um, just an incredible player, and. 
what, what they were they were just so athletic on defense. It, it was like they lined up with uh, eleven linebackers and safeties. Um, you know, no, probably I wouldn't say there was a guy on their defense over two hundred and ten pounds. Oh wow! Um, but they could all run every single one of them. Um, and you know, we're kind of we're kind of stumpy and frumpy, uh, you know, up front on offense. And uh, we we just we had a hard time dealing with guys. Yeah. Like that. Coach, uh, we need to take a little break. Can you hang around for a little while? I sure can. Hey, sure well, can. let's. Uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio FM one hundred seven five and AM twelve forty. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with uh, Coach Brent Indes right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Road. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Road and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, uh, December the 1st. And on the line with us is head football coach at Lakeshore Titans, Brendan Des. And coach, uh, you know, uh, with the playoffs taking place, I don't know if you might know of a few uh, games you might have interest in. Of course, locally, the Westgate Tigers journey to Destrehan to take on the Wildcats, who I keep hearing has got like five or six Division One prospects on that team and they're just a heck of a football team yep yep hey look hey but before we get to that i can, right. can i give a quick comment on that nebraska situation oh yeah go ahead far away and and i'm not you know i'm not going to get into details of it sure. but i'll tell you this when 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 i uh 
Coach Joseph sat down in, in my office at Catholic High for about a half hour one day. And, uh, you know, we talked, and, you know, he was recruiting there. It was when Jason Pellerin was, uh, was being recruited. And I'm telling you, that was a, a, a very unimpressive 30-minute conversation. And really? when, when people – when he took over as interim, I was like, this guy won't it, – it, this I just didn't see it. In, I, I don't know. I just had a horrible feeling about it. And then when people were saying, why don't they keep this guy? Why don't – you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, this guy is not – you know, he's just not – he's not a head football coach. Okay. Um, and uh, and so I you know I just it's funny because so many people I've, I've talked to a bunch of people about it and uh, you know th- thank goodness because I tell you what Matt Rule I think is one of the top you know yeah. I think Matt Rule is kind of like Nick Saban he's a hell of a college coach he just wasn't very good in, in the yeah. NFL and yeah. uh, I, I think they got the right guy now you said it was the Westgate game you wanted to talk about well if uh, what you might know a little bit about Destrehan you know they're over in your neck of the woods oh no, oh, no. you and and, and Actually, I don't know anything about Destrehan because I'm living here, but the reason I know about Destrehan is that two seasons ago, um, I called their game against Acadiana High in, I'm going to say, the second round, and they were loaded with sophomores. So this is... This is the you know uh, is, is it Jai Eugene is, yeah, is that the yeah, name of the quarterback? Yeah, that's his dad who played at LSU back around two thousand somewhere in there. You're right; he's a left-handed quarterback. Yeah, uh, well, I'm telling you that um, uh, yeah, Destrehan's loaded. Uh, I, I wanted to say they started seven sophomores. Oh wow! You know, seven sophomores in five A ball is 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 in you know pretty pretty. Pretty incredible, and they've been to the and, semifinals, uh, especially for a school like Destrehan. And they've been to semifinals six out the last seven years, I think, or five out the last yes. six years. And I, I think the one of them was that year because Acadiana knocked them out. That was I'm thinking that was either the second or the third round. Um, yeah, because Acadiana went through Covington, uh, Mandeville, and Destrehan, I believe, that year um, on their way to. I think they ended up losing to. Um, no, they ended up beating uh, Alexandria in, in the finals, but. But no, Destrehan is 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 loaded. Now, of course, yeah. When when you look out there, you know Westgate's always going to pass the look test. They're going to have big, huge sure. guys, big, long range guys, and everything. And, and so, one thing that Destrehan will not be able to do to Westgate is uh, is just flat out out athlete them. Um, Destrehan is extremely well coached, and you know they're a well disciplined football team. And uh, and and Westgate's going to have their hands full. But you know, I, one thing I've learned about. Westgate, and this goes back to the Brian Fine days. Even mm-hmm. um, they, they seem to be able to turn it on in the playoffs. That's right. Um, you know, uh, um, I don't think a lot of people probably expected them to beat Neville last week, but uh, but but they did. And and uh, I, I think that they've found a niche. They, they play a whole lot better defense now than they have in the past. You know, these last couple of years, I think that's been the the number one um, asset for them. But also. They've simplified from what I've you know talking to guys like Dane Chaponche and and uh, yeah and you know Shane Savoy at, at St. Thomas more guys that play them they've they've they're not trying to outsmart you anymore on offense they're, they're just very simple and they do what they do and you know what that is is sometimes the toughest thing to beat you know back in the day when you know when Carol Delahousie and, and Mike Moad and those guys were just steamrolling people you, you knew what they were going to do to you but you still had to stop it. Um, and uh, and I think that they're more that mentality now as they just come right at you, run some play action pass off of their good runs, and 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 just and just beat you, 
you know, they beat you with, you know, they, they, they just kind of bully you around, which, which I think is, is the right way to go for those guys. Any surprising teams that you're, that you're aware of that maybe uh, now have made it this far to the semifinal round course? Uh, I know you mentioned earlier you're, you're not uh, gung-ho about the new, the way things are set up with the two divisions, with select and non-select. But uh, um, anyway. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that I, that I hate it. What I, I hated understand was. That. I hated the the way – and, look, we ended up on the good side of things, okay? You know, we ended up with the smaller four A's and the bigger three A's. But I'm one in my in my elderly uh, state. I try to see things from multiple perspectives. And a school like Salmon, that they laid out a schedule, and they, you know, and they planned it on play, they planned on playing four A schools and four A teams in the playoffs. Well, then all of a sudden the deck gets reshuffled without a vote, without anything, and all of a sudden they're having to play 5A schools in the playoffs. Um, and, and, again, you know, I can sit there and say, hey, yay for Lakeshore. We ended up on the good side of the draw, but, but what about those guys? I mean, I'm telling you, if I, if I was Coach Shooter over there, I don't want to fight. Um, it, you know, it's just it, – so I just – there's a fairness situation that, uh, that I, I think was uh, eluded there. Well, but Westgate. We'll, we'll see in January. It'll be an interesting oh, January yes. meeting. Oh yes, but Westgate comes into that play. They would. Be, they're, they're a, a medium sized four A school that got bumped up into that Division One ranking. And, well, they're uh, no, they're not medium. They're not medium. They're large. And and, and they, but they are the only four A school left in that Division One uh, playoff scenario. Correct. But, yeah, Westgate. Westgate's always within within about a hundred to seventy five students of that five A line. What's what's a break that, off that, that, of the the top? Is it a thousand? It, it changes every two okay. years. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw out a number around eleven hundred or something like that. Um, and but it's changed. You know, it changed. That's a moving number. You know, the, the biggest joke over the years is people would always say, oh, these guys, they, they just kick out kids to stay under the number. Well, nobody knows what the number is going to be because the number is a, uh, uh, a moving target because it's math. It's, everybody turns in their numbers, and they say, okay, the top 60 are going to be here, and they draw a line. And then the next 60 are going to be there, and they draw a line. Yeah, and, you know, uh, what you said about uh, the schedules, uh, I think that was most of the tenor from most of the coaches we spoke to throughout the year on this was, if I would have known this, I would have scheduled differently. And I, I, maybe it shakes out in a couple of years uh, after um, the next scheduling cycle. Well, it, it the, the thing is, is that, guys, this could be a – we could be one and done with yeah, it. Yeah, So January – um, yeah, you know, we could go back to the exact way it was with just selected. You know, I, th- this is the one. This is the one super excited thing I am about this whole deal. Is it exposed? It made people understand that the, the left, the definition of select, is not what they thought it was. Okay, that they just thought that how that all of these schools out there, like all of the Lafayette Parish schools, they have open. It's basically open enrollment in Lafayette Parish. You can apply to go to any school you want other than Southside for whatever reason. I don't know. But, and so to me, the LHSA did right by saying, hey, if you allow kids outside of your zone to come to your school, you're a select school. Now, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Um, the, the reshuffling the way they did it, that, that's where I disagree. But they did that to force because – to force eight divisions because they couldn't handle ten games for the Superdome Classic. I'm telling you, that was it. They couldn't handle ten. They could handle eight. And and this was a money thing for the LHSAA to make sure that they could handle uh, 
all the games in the Superdome. Well, Coach, uh, just kind of wrap this up. Uh, we look forward maybe to having you on again, and we want to wish you and your family uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, it's always good to hear from you, and uh, I want to appreciate uh, Always a pleasure. You guys, You guys, if you, you know, you're running out of stuff to <laughs> – you need somebody it's hard some mornings. You're right about that to find things to speak about. Oh, look, about. look, look. Hey, for I don't I remember what is it? Sixteen months, seventeen months. I, there were many mornings at five thirty. I woke up and I'm like, what the heck am I going to talk about today? Well, we, <laughs> especially we when scrambled. it wasn't football season. Yeah, we scrambled a little bit, but uh, we want to appreciate you taking time from your schedule to speak with us. Well, I appreciate and, uh, you guys taking taking the. Uh, taking the ball and running with it with the show, and I, and I wish you guys uh, the best. Yeah, we appreciate it, Coach, and uh, go, good luck next year. Uh, how many, uh, question, how many seniors you had on your team this year? We had 14. Okay. Um, we're we're going to return 14 starters. Um, we're still not going to get any faster, which <laughs> which, <laughs> which uh, disappoints me. But uh, I hear you. But, um, you know, but, uh, but no, we're, we're going to have some experience. We got just about the whole offensive line coming back. Um, we, we lose two really important skill guys. That the biggest things we lose, we lose two really good linebackers and a quarterback and a running back that uh, that were really good players. Yeah, I saw um, where your quarterback but, threw for a lot of yards in some games this year too. A couple hundred. Yeah, yards yeah. Who'd have thunk it in the wing tee? The first thing yeah. I had to do was to st- stop the kid from transferring was let him know that hey, <laughs> look at the stats. Jason Pellerin threw for nineteen hundred yards his his, uh, his junior year. You know, um, so yeah, I think he ended up throwing for about seventeen hundred yards. Yeah, he threw for some I money. think almost twenty touchdowns. Yeah, you're so, right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we had fun. We had a really good, and, and I've got a really good receiver coming back. I oh, mean, good. Jaden Wells, he's a college prospect. Um, okay, really good player. So uh, we're going to have some fun. All right, Coach. Well, uh, best of luck to you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hopefully, we'll get you back on again, maybe in the distant future, not too distant future, I should say. Anyway, yeah, uh, just let me know. Yeah, appreciate Always it, a Coach. Pleasure. All righty, take care, Coach. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, bye bye. Anyway, uh, Coach uh, Brent Indes with the North Shore Titans uh, on the line with us for a couple segments. Uh, Jeff, uh, interesting, his thoughts and all uh, with that. Uh, we wish Westgate, of course, they got a big game. We'll have that carried on Kane Radio uh, Friday evening at 6.30 airtime, 7 o'clock uh, kickoff. And uh, let's see if the Westgate uh, Tigers can go in and uh, play for another state championship. Yeah, I want to remind folks, too, if you're heading to the game and you find yourself running a little late, uh, and, and hopefully uh, that won't be the case. But if if you do, uh, our sister station, 100.3 FM, uh, ESPN New Orleans, will be uh, simulcasting our coverage. So uh, we encourage folks to tune in there as uh, you travel. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our second break. we uh, got still got things to speak on on Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Thursday, December the 1st, folks. We'll be back right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337 560 0880, or go to answer to pain 
LandryHoneyBuyers.com. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to JacobLandryForLouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to JacobLandryForLouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, December 1st, folks. That's right, last month of the year and 24 shopping days until Christmas. Anyway, you know, we've talked a lot about, and uh, uh, Jeff and I over the last couple of days, about uh, bowl assignments with conferences and things of that nature. So uh, I found an article uh, with how somebody went through all the algebraic <laughs> X this and that. If they win, he loses uh, what takes place. Basically, what, what I found here is that Georgia in the college football playoff berth, which they have clinched along with uh, Michigan, and uh, they're playing in uh, their conference championships. And win or lose, the SEC championship game against number 14 uh, LSU, the Dogs, will be no worse than third seed. And the reigning national champs were in this exact position one year ago. Meanwhile, Michigan, win or lose, the Big Ten championship game against Purdue, uh, the Wolverines will make the uh, four-team field. If Georgia loses, Michigan could move up to the number one seed, and that could uh, drop a – UM as far as the four spot if they lose. Elsewhere, TCU clinched and win or lose uh, the Big Ten, uh, 12 championship game against number 10 Kansas State. The Horn Frogs will make the 14 field. K-State is the best opponent of any college football playoff contender it faces in the conference championships. And TCU has already beat Kansas State 38-28 in the regular season. If TCU is the lone undefeated team standing, it follows that the Frogs you know, could be um, that uh, top seed. Even a loss, they they won't drop uh, them below number five Ohio State. I don't believe that's uh, eleven and one. Yeah, what I read this morning in the Advocate, K State is in the Sugar Bowl. That's correct. They're, they're, they're pretty much locked into it at this point. That's win or lose. Yeah. 
That's correct. Uh, USC, the only spot uh, of intrigue, USC must beat number 11 Utah to win the Pac-12 championship and advance into the playoff. And it would be USC's third straight win over a ranked opponent. A second loss to the Utes would drop the Trojans down in the rankings and likely behind Utah, which uh, itself would surely move up in rankings. However, the Utes have a ceiling given that they already uh, have. Ohio State, the number five seed right now. The Buckeyes will be watching TV and rooting for Utah on Friday night. A USC loss would allow Ohio State to backdoor its way into the number four seed. Uh, there'd be a, no other path for the Buckeyes. And if uh, OSU uh, was to enter the field, the Big Ten would become the only conference like the SEC in the last few years to get two teams in to the final f- uh, field. Uh, the New Year's uh, Day six paths, uh, the New Year's six options are numerous. In the Rose Bowl, the Big Ten and all the Pac-12 champions are in the playoff. The bowl will choose the replacements. Traditionally, those would be the highest-ranked teams remaining in from those conferences. And that's the CFP rankings. That's right. However, the Rose Bowl has the option to choose its entrance from a cluster of similarity uh, with rated teams. And if Michigan and USC both win this weekend, the Rose Bowl could be left with a rematch of last year's game featuring Ohio State and Utah. Which is what I'm hearing they don't want. That is correct. And, and they uh, may choose Penn State. That, that, that is a good possibility or even number two. 12 Washington, you know, in that regard. So uh, the Buckeyes have played in the Rose Bowl twice in the last four years, while the Nittany Lions have not been in the game uh, since 16. The Huskies are possibly the Pac-12 as the Utes in addition to playing the Rose Bowl. Anyway, there's a lot of options out there. If USC wins Ohio State or Penn State versus Utah or Washington, uh, uh, Michigan uh, – would be with a Utah win, Penn State of Utah. It's just Purdue win uh, with Purdue. I mean, Utah, it would be, be Purdue and Utah. So, anyway, Sugar Bowl. Similarities uh, exist. The Sugar Bowl features conference champions from the SEC and the Big 12. The Big 12 situation is set, as you said, with Kansas State. Since TCU will be in the playoff uh, win or lose, Kansas State will be in the Sugar Bowl either as the Big 12 uh, champion or the replacement of the for the Horn Frogs. If Georgia wins, number six Alabama will replace the Bulldogs in this game. Otherwise, LSU gets in as the conference champion. Uh, Georgia wins, Alabama, Kansas State. LSU wins, LSU, Kansas State. In the Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, the ACC winner is the uh, anchor, number nine Clemson versus twenty three Carolina, deciding the berth. Neither team can reach the playoff. The opponent is the highest-ranked team remaining from the SEC, the Big Ten, or Notre Dame. And that will be Ohio State, if uh, not in the playoff, or Rose Bowl. Alabama, if not in the Sugar Bowl. Or Tennessee, uh, if the Buckeyes, Crimson Tide, are not in those games. Meanwhile, uh, Georgia, USC win. Tennessee or Ohio State versus Clemson or North Carolina will be in the Orange Bowl. An LSU-USC win, Alabama-Ohio State versus Clemson or North Carolina. Georgia uh, with a Utah win, and a Georgia-Utah win, Alabama versus Clemson or North Carolina. The Cotton Bowl, this is the only game with at-large uh, spots. One of those will go to the Group of Five automatic qualifier, which will be the winner of the AAC battle between uh, Central Florida and Tulane. The only other spot uh, simply goes to the highest-rated team left that is not already in the New Year's Six game. Those options will be USC if they're not in the college football playoff, Tennessee if not in the Orange, Penn State if not in the Rose. In order of Tennessee, Penn State relative to each 
other is known. Whether what's unknown, whether USC would fall if it loses, but I believe at uh, eleven and two, the Trojans would rank uh, ahead of those two. So, uh, pretty much uh, that's why it's going to play in the highest ranked team with no chance to play in the New Year's six day bowls is Florida State. However, that does not mean that all top 12 teams will qualify. In fact, the ACC champion will not be in the top 12, and Purdue will be on this uh, point, uh, the list of contenders. So it's really a hodgepodge. It's the best thing I could find to find out who's playing where. And there's still a lot of uh, uh, denominators uh, to be figured out uh, with wins and losses and uh, but it's pretty much uh, I basically see um, uh, I don't think Michigan will lose to Purdue. I don't feel Georgia will lose to LSU. They could, but LSU's got to find a way to score. And I've heard uh, rumors that, uh, that uh, the quarterback has some uh, injuries. I don't know how serious, but I know he uh, came out of the game for a little while uh, last Saturday night. And uh, uh, Coach Kelly talked about that a little bit. I didn't see uh, the interview at all, but uh, should be interesting. Uh, uh, Tigers got to score more than uh, the uh, than Georgia. Yeah, yeah, and Georgia. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they say what's the key to winning the game is they score more points than them. Anyway, but uh, that's that's all what's coming down, uh, Jeff. So uh, uh, come uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, we'll know where we stand with all those games and how things are going to shake out and all. So. Uh, It'll be pretty interesting in that regard. Be something so. to talk about Monday. Oh, absolutely. We'll have a lot to talk about Monday. That's that's for sure. So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see what's going to take place in the meantime. So, uh, but LSU um, Tigers win against Georgia, and looks like uh, you know if the Tigers win against Georgia, there's a good chance uh, they could be possibly in the Sugar Bowl, and if not in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, the Citrus Bowl, it looks like where they're heading. So uh, we'll see. Come uh, Sunday morning, it's late Saturday night. A couple we'll of know. familiar places for LSU fans. Uh, absolutely. Citrus Bowl, I'm, I believe, is in Orlando. Yeah, it is. It's, and, it's uh, one of like four or five bowls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they right. finally put uh, artificial turf in that Citrus Bowl stadium. Um, I think it's uh, Camper World Stadium or something like that. something like that. You're right. But, uh, I mean, I remember one year LSU was there after two or three games had been played, and it was rainy, and uh, the field was just trash. Uh, I mean, just way too many games in a short period of time there, but uh, shouldn't be a problem now. Uh, You're right. Should not be a problem. So we'll see how uh, all that's going to take place. And, uh, of course, the two semifinal games we talked about yesterday, being played uh, at the Fiesta Bowl and also at the Peach Bowl, and they head to Sci-Fi Stadium for the championship, uh, which is usually the first, or uh, I should say, the second Monday. In this case, it is the ninth. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll see uh, how that all that's going to come into play. Of course, again, Westgate, Friday night here on Kane Radio. Uh, listen in as the Tigers uh, try to knock off the undefeated uh, Destraham Wildcats and head to the Superdome for the second year in a row. We're wishing the best with Coach Ryan, Antoine, and all, and uh, hopefully they give us a, a good shot of uh, maybe repeating as a state champ. There you go. Got a caller on the line. Let's see if it is someone who wants to uh, talk on Bayou Sports. Hi, you're in the air. Hello. Like to, good morning. I'm here for a birthday announcement. Okay, tell you what, hold on. Uh, we'll get that off the yeah. air. Let's go to our break, and uh, we'll take that. Uh, so just hold on, ma'am. And uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. 
Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board-certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy-guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Quick question from Clico. Of all the things in your home that are plugged in, how many do you use every day? Ooh. Yeah, we thought so. You should know plugged-in appliances use up energy whether they're on or off, and that can run up your energy bill. So Clico recommends you pull the plug on wasting energy by unplugging the stuff you're not using. Because from the moment you pull them from the socket, you start socking away the savings. And isn't that what matters? Visit Clico.com slash what matters. That's W-A-T-T matters. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And something I saw early this morning uh, uh, to bring it up, the Rose Bowl has agreed to terms yeah, that will pave news. the way for college football playoff to expand to 12 teams. So they're in. Uh, that at one time they were hesitant of bringing that uh, in, but uh, it looks like they've opened up their arms to get into the college football playoff. So good news in that regard. Also, uh, quickly, uh, two-thirds of the uh, way through the NFL season, uh, teams are just averaging about 22 points a game, and that's the lowest mark in the last five years and the second lowest since 2009. And by the numbers, scoring's reached an all-time high just a matter of two years ago at almost 25 points a uh, per game for each team and the modern passing resolution or revolution I should say uh, defenses have started to adjust and stand their ground so uh, 
Secondaries are clamping down on deep coverage to come back big plays, and you can score points in a hurry to with uh, teams have a 1.39 receiving TDs per game this season, which are the fewest since 2009. Red zone scoring percentage is at its lowest since 2017, with one league source attributing to the decline to defense is stif- stiffling up on a run-pass option. So between the lines, uh, the linchpins of the high-octane offenses have struggled. Think about Tom Brady of the Bucks and Aaron Rodgers of the Packers, Matt Stafford of the Rams. The the combined three are averaging thirty points a game, and that's fewer points in uh, uh, twenty or uh, thirty points fewer than last year. So if you could just think about that, and to say Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, boy, what kind of years they're having? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, both have been hurt, both have been had really poor years uh, in the NFL this year. So uh, Jeff, I didn't see the injury report for the Saints, so I don't know if that might even come out today with the game being Monday night. I'm not sure about that, so uh, hopefully they can get some of their walking wounded back on the field to play. Uh, in the meantime, of course. Yeah, I was go just going to say, I'm not sure, and you made a good point yesterday with them playing Monday night. Maybe they don't have to announce anything until uh, Thursday, uh, so later today. Yeah. Anyway, also, just uh, some other lightning news. Uh, the judge, Aaron Judge, the Yankees are reportedly offering Aaron Judge a deal worth uh, approximately $300 million over eight years. Uh, and that came from one of the big networks, and that's uh, an annual salary of $37.5 million, which would top Mike Trout at $35.5 million as the highest in Major League Baseball. Uh, so we'll see if uh, the Steinbrenners can come to uh, some kind of deal with Aaron Judge. Elsewhere, North Carolina lost its third straight game uh, uh, last night as Indiana took them down 77-65. Um uh, in Sunday's action, they lost to Alabama 103-101 in four overtimes. And on Friday, uh, they lost to Iowa State 70-65. to And uh, it's just the third uh, preseason number one team to lose three straight, joining Michigan State uh, a couple of years ago along with Kansas in 0-4-5 and Duke in 88-89. So uh, we'll see. You saw where the, uh, the Bonnie Prince William and Kate uh, were at courtside for the Celtics game last night over in Boston. So... Uh, Looks like the raw couple uh, taking a little NBA action in that regard. So uh, pretty interesting, Jeff. And, of course, uh, continued to uh, have the World Cup uh, with that. Of course, tonight we got the Bills and the Patriots at 8.15 in prime. And just the second prime game this season, you're ready, featuring two teams with winning records yeah. tonight. So uh, Yeah, you, you, you're really uh, hoping for the best win because those games aren't flexed. That's right. You know, later in the season they do flex some games, but you know, you get what you get on Thursday night, and you hope uh, you, you put those schedules together. And not not only do you put them together uh, in hoping you get a decent matchup, but every team has to play. Yeah, uh, you know, they they can't let any team slide. Uh, there's a lot of teams who would rather not play on Thursday nights. And they could do a better job of arranging a Thursday night game around the bye week, uh, make the previous week a bye week. So, And then they've got, uh, you know, instead of uh, a two-week break, they've got a couple of uh, 10-day breaks uh, or so. And I I wish they would make a better effort to do that. Uh, You know, you can throw a bunch of variables into a computer and spit out a schedule that would be maybe a little bit more accommodating. So teams wouldn't hate playing on Thursday night. You're right. I mean, and really, that's really not fair when you when you figure they go from Sunday 
uh, especially some of these teams that might play a late Sunday night game at uh, 720, and then they've got to play again uh, four days later. And you know, they say a lot of those athletes, even though they're in tremendous shape, it, it takes them sometimes to Tuesday and Wednesday to, to for some of the effects of uh, their uh, their muscles and all to come back into strength form. You know, Sunday game, may, they may not put on the pads till Wednesday again. You know, meetings maybe on Monday or a complete day off, and then, you know, Tuesday maybe a walkthrough. But, no, they understand that the body needs rest. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see if the uh, NFL does a little better job. I don't know who handles. Probably one of the assistant uh, commissioners uh, or directors there uh, handles uh, scheduling. But, uh, of course, they've got to check with Hotels, motels, flights, I'm sure they do a lot of that. But still, uh, they need to give those players, if they're going to play on a Thursday night uh, uh, or from a Sunday, that just doesn't seem fair. And then uh, they've got a week off, so scheduling then. So uh, they control the schedules. Yeah. Only- and granted, we understand that there is no bye week in the first few weeks sure. or in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this year, is it? Week 14, the last of the bye weeks? I, the- I believe the Saints are yeah. in the last bye yeah. week in that regard. Uh, so we'll see. Anyway, saw an interesting. Uh, uh, if you and your family of four wish to attend an NBA game, <laughs> you're looking at two hundred eighty-eight dollars, and that's to attend an average NBA game, and uh, that's four cheapest tickets, uh, p- lot, uh, parking lot, you know, two beers, two sodas, you know, for everybody, and four hot dogs. And uh, two hundred eighty-eight dollars. That's years ago. That was that's, a small. That's minimum. That's right. That's that's average. They say. And really I, average. Yeah, it says here it costs to attend. Uh, it costs two eighty-eight for the family to attend an average NBA game. And uh, like you said, uh, you could probably spend six or seven hundred dollars uh, in some other markets. Uh, maybe New York, Los Angeles, uh, places like that, or Boston, even for that matter. Yeah, I, you know our. Sister station, ESPN New Orleans, uh, used to be a Pelicans affiliate. In fact, they were the flagship, but uh, no longer. And sure enough, they're having a great season finally. <laughs> Figures. But, uh, but uh, I, uh, through the Pelicans and the relationship, I acquired four tickets last year for a game. And uh, I, I think the, the face value was in the low 100s. Yeah, well, I, like you, went to a game a few years ago and brought a bud with me and uh, – and those tickets at the time uh, were on the sideline. And uh, well, I want to say like they were maybe uh, $125 or something like that. This yeah. a few years ago. Uh, this is not recently. This is probably uh, five or six years ago in uh, Smoothie King. Uh, anyway, today in sports history, a little bit to talk about today. Uh, today in sports history, of course, in 1912, the Boston uh, Braves, uh, Major League franchise owner, buys a, a golf course on Commonwealth Avenue, and that's where they put up the new ballpark back in 1912. Uh, the Miracle Braves, of course, won the uh, series in 14 as they were in last place in the uh, beginning of, or middle of July and going to win the World Series. 1928, the National League president, John Haydiller, uh, first to propose a baseball rule calling for change for a 10th man, or, or DH, or to bat in place of the pitcher. Ironically, you ready? The National League voted in favor of the proposal, but the AL turned it down. <laughs> what year was that? 1928. Too funny. So it had to wait another uh, almost uh, 45 years for the uh, the American League to bring in the DH, which the National League did this past year. Elsewhere in 1940, four sets of brothers playing one National Hockey League game as the Blackhawks beat the Rangers 4-1. Uh, to one. Uh, Lynn and Muzz Patrick 
uh, along with Neil and Matt Colvin uh, for the Rangers, Max and Doug Bentley, and Bob and Bill Kors for the uh, for the Blackhawks. Four brothers, sets of brothers playing in one game. That's wow. interesting, yeah. Very. Anyway, in 19... 19- Blackhawks had another set of uh, brothers uh, in the hole. Bobby oh, okay. and Dennis Hull. Okay, uh, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, 1949, Major League Baseball announces attendance for the year's 20,200,000 down from 100,000 from 48. The Yankees and the Indians each finished with over 2.2 million fans, while the poor St. Louis Browns only uh, had 270,000 people attending games in 49. 1954, the Yankees and the Orioles complete the largest trade in Major League history. 17 players change teams. Don Larson's one of them. Gene Woodling's another. Bob Turley, who won a Cy Young. Of course, Larson threw the perfect game in 56. And the first phase of the transaction began in November 18th and concluded the day after the uh, Major League uh, draft. I didn't think they had a draft back then. I thought everything was free agent signings. Elsewhere in 19, the draft didn't come along to a baseball draft on 64-5. Elsewhere in 1956, led by a future basketball Hall of Famer, Bill Russell and K.C. Jones, the U.S. wins its fourth consecutive Olympic gold medal with an 89-55 victory over the Soviet Union in Melbourne, Australia. 1959, on this date, the 25th Heisman Trophy is awarded to Billy Cannon, the LSU halfback, of course, uh, Cannon celebrated being the first pick in the NFL just the other day. Elsewhere, in 1962, the 27th Iron Bowl. Alabama beats Auburn 38 to nothing in Birmingham. Their fourth straight shutout in the series. Of course, Bear Bryant came back to Alabama in 58. Elsewhere, in 1964, just after three seasons in Major League Baseball, the Houston Colts changed their name to the Astros, and of course, they moved into the Astrodome in 1965. Elsewhere in 1967, Will Chamberlain scores 52 points and 133 to 109 win over the Seattle Supersonics, who were in their first year in the NBA. And uh, Chamberlain set a record that night. He missed 22 free throws mm. with that underhanded scoop he had. 1971, the Cubs, man, sad news. A uh, longtime star and future Hall of Famer, Ernie Banks, ending his 19-year career with Major League Baseball as Banks would come back to serve as a manager on Leo DeRocha's staff. Banks finished with 512 home runs and 1,636 RBIs. And he didn't have a chance to tour uh, the major leagues in, uh, in a celebratory type, uh, you know, last game here at uh, St. Louis at Dodger Stadium or anything like that. Uh, anyway, don't recall that. Uh, no, no, I, I don't. Uh, you think he would have given, you know, Mr. Cub. Anyway, just a thought process. Elsewhere on this date in 1973. Big day for me. Tulane Green Wave down the LSU Tigers in old Tulane Stadium before an announced crowd of over 86,000 ended 25 years of frustration. 14 to nothing at the time, the largest crowd to watch a night football game in the country and the largest ever in the South. Birthdays today, 1911, born on this day, Walter Alston, a baseball Hall of Fame manager, World Series champs with the Dodgers four times, born in Venice, Ohio. And, you know, Walter Alston was basically – uh, a moonlight Graham. He only went to bat one time in the major hmm. leagues. At least he got to bat yeah. and play an inning. Elsewhere, uh, Lee Trevino, born on this day, the PGA golfer, the Super Mex, born in Dallas, Texas, on this day, 1939. A little deaths, uh, 
one of my favorite players, Major League players, uh, born on this date, uh, died on this date, excuse me, in 1975, the tobacco-chewing second baseman for the Chicago White Sox, Nellie Fox, born on this day, uh, died on this day, excuse me, died from lymphatic uh, cancer at 47 years of age. Could have been that tobacco. Oh, yes. Anyway, born on this day, too, in 1980, uh, dying on this day, I keep saying born, dying on this day in 1986, Bobby Lane, college football Hall of Fame quarterback and the last Lions quarterback. I think he put the hex on the Lions, too, when they uh, traded him to the Steelers back in uh, the late 50s. And uh, Bobby Lane died of cardiac arrest at age 59. Elsewhere, uh, dying on this date, uh, Heisman Trophy winner Pat Sullivan died on this day, Hall of Fame quarterback in, at Auburn in 1971, uh, played with the Falcons and Commanders. He was the head football coach at TCU in Stanford. Uh, Samford, not Stanford, Samford in Alabama, dies from cancer at 69. He died uh, uh, right before the COVID years. So uh, that's today in sports history. Jeff, uh, here on December 1st, uh, uh, 2022. And uh, don't know if you might have anything else uh, before we go to uh, sponsors. And uh, No, you know, I was just reminded, though, uh, Coach Rhett Pelche uh, is at Destrahan. We're going to... Be reunited with him, oh, uh, formerly at Lorville, uh, but um, looking forward to that. I'm sure he'll give you a little updates on some of his uh, players and what they do. But, uh, you know, I've, I've heard, as, as Brent, uh, Coach Indes said earlier that this morning, those were six or seven sophomores that started three years ago or two years ago. They're seniors now, and I'm hearing they've got six or seven bona fide Division One prospects on that team. There you go. So, again, uh, appreciate Coach Brent Indes joining us today, head coach over at Lakeshore, and, of course, former uh, host of this here radio program. And we thank our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep, District Number 49, L.A. Classic Riffing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Hedekin Payne Center, and Schwing Insurance.